frantically trying to rescue the service, which we appreciate. Okay, um, I want to talk about a subject. We're continuing our, our Life App series, and there's another app. But before I tell you what that app is, I want to explain the problem. We all have conversations. We have them every day. Some are good. Some are memorable. Remember that conversation you had when you were about to ask your, 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 your wife-to-be, you know, the question to be your girlfriend, you have a conversation, and you're leading up to the big question. Even more so, when you ask her to be your wife, you remember those conversations. They're memorable. And some are routine, like get the trash, you know, pick up the kids. Have you picked the kids up? You know, it's a conversation. It's regular. Just having a conversation at dinner. Um, you have them at work. You have them at home. Sometimes you have a conversation in the drive-thru. I know I do. In-N-Out Burger seems to want to, you know, in, you know, encourage conversation. How was your day? Oh, thanks for asking. My day's been pretty good, thanks. How's yours? Oh, great, thanks. And then I order a hamburger. <laughs> We've all had embarrassing conversations. You know, one of my most embarrassing conversations is when I meet someone... I've done this a couple times in my life where I'm like, this could be a friend of mine. I'm enjoying this conversation. Like this person, and we're having a, we're talking for 30 minutes. I'm just having a blast, and I forget their name. But I've already made him my friend, see? Emotionally, I was there. Then I'm going like, how do I get him to say his name? <laughs> Embarrassing conversation. I finally have to ask. I'm really enjoying our conversation, but what is your name again? And then he doesn't call me back. It's okay. Conversations are a part of our lives. But I wonder if we realize just how significant they really are. You know, I came across some research about conversation. And to be honest, I I found it quite startling and convicted and embarrassed in my own personal life. And this research gave me insight that it in turn gave me a new framework for for understanding how powerful conversations are and how well or how poorly I'm doing as it relates to my conversations. I find this startling because I've never viewed conversations this way, but not only did I did it grab my attention. I found it to be incredibly helpful. The, the, the research is from the Gottman Institute. There, there are a lot of inst- institutes that just do research on stuff that I'll Google and look up. Uh, and uh, they made this insight. Their insight was, in, in the course of most conversations, there's a general ratio. For every one encouraging comment that you hear, there are... At there are six critical comments that you hear daily. So for every, if you put them on a scale, for every one encouraging comment, there are six critical comments. It's in conversation. Now, just think about your relationship with your husband and with your wife. Think about just, just yesterday. How much of your conversation was Encouraging, and how much of it was criticism? Yesterday, I was one encouraging comments for five things that weren't encouraging. But I just in a conversation, 
It wasn't like we were fighting. It was just a conversation. I'm just saying things that are, tend to be a little bit more critical than encouraging. Think about your, your children and you as a parent. Yesterday, I had, I had three encouraging comments, but I had seven critical things to say about them, to them. One was, you're taking too long in the shower. Get out of there. And I booted him out of the shower, taking too long. And I thought to myself, it just gave me insight into how powerful conversations really are. Think about your, think about your brothers and sisters. Think about when you're a parent, you've seen your children argue and fight. And, and the ratio for my kids when I see them is zero to 50. <laughs> I have to beg them to say something encouraging to your sibling. When I ask them to do it, they're like, um, hmm, hmm, um, hmm. I mean, they struggle to find one. And you're, and you're like, this, this is my DNA? Yes, it is. Then I thought about my example in that. Maybe there's a connection there. What about the boss-employee relationship? If you're an owner of a company or a manager, what's that ratio look like? There are, there are complaints and there are compliments. There's criticism and then there's encouragement. And for most of us, let's be honest, we're really unaware of the ratios between who we speak with. But I hope today's lesson will shed some light and bring awareness to you so you can be thinking about the ratios and then start changing the ratios. But today, I want to show you what the relationship experts suggest is the ratio from complaints to compliments. In a typical conversation, the ratio of criticism to encouragement is quite, quite startling. So think about a scale, I had, I had a picture of a scale. In your typical relationship, for every one compliment or encouraging comment, meaning you look great today, thank you for providing for your family, thank you for making dinner, you did a great job with that presentation, there are not just one, two, three, four, five, there are seven complaints. Why can't you do what I ask you to do? Why are you always late? Why can't you measure up? You're not doing a satisfactory job. And by the way, they, they made a point to note in the research, in a parent-child relationship, the ratio is actually eight to one. Wow. And that, that just started refocusing my attention. How much am I complaining and how much am I encouraging? And this explains a lot, doesn't it? It explains why so many workplaces are negative and dysfunctional. It, it, it explains uh, that conversations lean toward negativity and dysfunction, not just at work, but sometimes in our family. And this explains why so many marriages fall into trouble. This explains why some say, I can never seem to do anything right in your eyes. Why, why there are an essence saying in your ratio of, of criticism to encouragement, it looks something like this. It's just imbalanced. Now, let me ask you a question. As you look back at your week, what was your ratio of criticism to encouragement like? This is not, I'm going to 
guilt trip you out question. This is to bring awareness to you. Just to bring awareness. What was your ratio this week? With the, if you're a manager or you lead men and women, what was your ratio like? If we can improve our ratios, if we have if a significant impact on creating healthier environments for our relationships, we'll see our relationships and also theirs thrive. So that leads us to our app. The app for today is the encouragement app. The encourage. There's a great proverb in Hebrews that says, "Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today." There's a reason why God stresses to us to be encouraging every day. Because you know why? Because the world is discouraging. We come into church battered and bruised and injured every week from discouraging situations. And the reason why God says to encourage is to protect us from Satan who thrives on discouraging you. He likes to exasperate you. And when you come into a place of church, you're almost expecting to be encouraged. And when you come to church and you're not encouraged, it's discouraging. Like I was hoping to get encouraged. Then someone told you, you should come to give, not to receive, right? That's discouraging. <laughs> Thank you. You know, there are three circles. There's an inner circle, there's an influence circle, and then there's your life circle. In your inner circle are people that you conversate every day with. Your wife, it's your marriage, it's your kids. You might be dating a girl or a boy, your close friends. I mean, there's a lot in there. And when, when you're getting really close, you almost forget to encourage them. When you were getting familiar with them, you were very encouraging. And then when, you, when, when the relationship became secure and you felt to be yourself, and I can be myself in this relationship, what tends to come out is that you tend to be, complain more and criticize more. But when you first were new to that relationship, you were very careful to be encouraging. I remember when I first met Karen, I was super encouraging. I was a great guy. You're so, you look great. You're awesome. 16 years of marriage, like, she gets out of bed. I'm, I'm going, nod my head, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth. I forget sometimes I say, hey, good morning. It's great to see you. How'd you sleep? Sometimes I do. But I got, I, this awareness increases my ratio. How about our kids? When they were first born, you gave them a thousand kisses. Now they're teenagers. They don't want nothing to do with you. What? Please hug me, right? I'm starving for a hug. I complain about what they're not doing. I complain about what they should be doing. I complain, are you studying hard? Is your homework done? How many hours in the video games are you playing? I find myself complaining. You know what I could say is you're pretty good at that video game. <laughs> could say that but I don't say that the first thing I do is how long you been on what's going on and all he cares about dad you know I got 3,000 kills in Minecraft that's all he wants he wants me to acknowledge that that's in, to him that's encouraging to me I'm going like how long you been on are any chat boxes open I mean I'm, I'm just you know and then your close friends sometimes your f- close friends they get the most of your criticism 
They get the most of your complaining. Because like, I can be real. I can say it. Yeah, but you know, after, after, after a while, it's discouraging. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just trying to bring awareness. Awareness. Because I don't think we realize how much we criticize and complain because that's all we're around. That's what we hear and we see. And so this app, when you press it, good things come out. <clears throat> you know, we lost our soccer game yesterday and we're out of the tournament. The Ark of the Covenant has left, has left Jerusalem. <laughs> that was the emotional feeling. You know, I coached the team and we lost and we beat San Diego 8-1. to We lost to LA Metro 1-0. You know, and, and, and your natural, your, your, your nature wants us to, to criticize, analyze what happened. And I remembered the app yesterday. I said, I'm going to encourage all the guys. So I texted them on messages. Hey, great effort. Great job. Great. Just, just to really encourage them. Because, you know, they're, they're probably feeling worse than I am because they actually played. I just, that was just the coach. And then the next circle is the influence circle. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's fellow leaders. Maybe you're a manager. And, and this is such a crucial leadership development principle that really few apply it. Well, almost every organization says our people are our number one resource. The research points out that few employees actually believe that. And I bet you can trace that back to the ratios. In fact, we're going to give you a question if you're an employer later on that will help you. Now then there's the life circle. That's the, that's the outer. That's the people that in your world that you encounter on a regular basis. Basis. You know, the Starbucks barista, the dry cleaners, person at the drive-thru, the pizza guy, you know, the, the neighbor that's taking out his trash can every week and you see him. You know, I thought, how, how much my ratios of encouraging them? You know, one time, uh, I, I, I called them on my, my, my AT&T bill. I, was, I wanted a call to complain, but I wanted an explanation because I wanted to trust. I saw some, some my, this bill is not, I looked at my bill, something is wrong here. So I called, but I was over like, I'm going to complain and get my, get, my, get my way. Customer's always right. <laughs> then I called and said, can you give me, I said, I know there's probably a good explanation. I just wanted to hear it. Can you hear me, why is this in my bill? And they explained the whole prorate and everything. And I was like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, I can see that. And you know what the guy said? Thanks, man. I've been getting yelled at all day. And I was like, whoa. I didn't realize that these guys take in like 50 to 100 calls. And people going, what are you doing? And I remember what my dad does. If there's, if there's a penny off on the bill, my dad calls. My dad had me write a letter one time when I was in high school to the company. He's like, Dad, why am I writing about a penny? It's the principle. It's the principle. I'm like, that is scary and crazy, Dad, but I'm going to do whatever you say because I don't want to get beat. Okay? <laughs> but they deal with criticism all day. You know, that's Rodney's profession. So you know what I thought? Rodney needs a lot of encouragement. Come on, Rod. And I didn't really know until I got to him and goes, thanks, man. Thanks for being so nice and cooperative because I've been getting yelled at all day. I was like, man, you know what? That changed my world. How about the Starbucks barista when they're like a little, when they forget your, you know, your croissants? 
they're busy. I, I can understand. I'm not going to die involuntary fasting, but I can, I can wait a few minutes. <laughs> what if we began to see every interaction as an opportunity? What if, think about this. What if, what if God has placed a blessing for all those people in your circle of life and that blessing is you? That you're that blessing. God, please bless Susie. God says, I have. The blessing is you. If we would just think about encouraging. And most of us in life, we're beat up. We're bruised. But today's biblical principle is so intriguing that if we really look at the principle of this passage I'm going to share with you, there's actually something in it for you. It's the encouragement app. And the Proverbs is Proverbs 11, verse 25. Proverbs 11, verse 25. You're going to have to turn there because we unsuccessfully didn't have our PowerPoint today. It says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. He who refreshes will himself be refreshed. This is a big idea. What Solomon, the writer here, is advocating is so huge. It's a life changer. Imagine, you know, when I get encouragement, I feel like I'm on top of the world. You feel like, oh man, I can really, I can do it. I can make it today. Especially sometimes when I get encouragement from a stranger that says something very encouraging, that notices something. Hey, I noticed that you pick up your dog poop in our neighborhood. I just want to let you know how much that's so appreciated and admired, the character and the discipline of doing that. I get letters, right? You get little letters in the mail. I saw you not pick up the poop, you know. Everyone in these circles that are inner, our influence in life circles, they need replenishing. Everyone needs to be replenished. We live in a world where people are suffocating with self-doubt. And they need to be replenished. Women. Here's what the men in these circles are asking themselves. Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? Because men live in a world where they're told they don't. Women, do you realize how powerful your voices are to men? How an encouragement versus a complaint affects the man. Thank you for providing for the family. You know how empowering and encouraging that is to hear? Thank you for getting up and going to work and participating in the financial stability of our household. Man! Or honey, thank you for leading that prayer. Hey honey, Thank you so much for leading that Bible devotional in our family. You know when a guy hears that, he gets fired up. I think I'm going to do it next week. <laughs> you, know when, you know when they get discouraged? When they hear, why haven't you done? You're not leading me. That's what the world tells them, that they're not good enough. And you think that's going to rise them up. No, it doesn't. It actually just, just brings them more down. Men need encouragement. Your voices are so powerful, ladies. Now, men, 
Here's what the women are asking themselves. Do you notice me after 20 years of marriage? After five months of marriage? After 10 years of marriage? Do you notice what I've done in the house today? I changed the picture. Do you yes? I put, I updated the kids' photos. And, do you notice that? I walk right by it every day. You don't tell me? I don't notice it. I'm like, well, what happened? Now I gotta stop by the wall and go, oh, whoa, she changed something. That's what they're asking themselves. Am I special? Am I still special? Guys, the women in our lives are asking, did he notice me today? Did he take into account all that I've done today? And dads, listen up for a moment. This is what you need to tell your daughters. If you've got a daughter, they need to hear this from dad. Encouraging things. You're beautiful. Man, you smell good. Oh, you look, oh, you're, come here, honey. Yesterday we went swimming with the family. It was so much fun. We played this little game, and you know, you know the buoyancy of water? So I, I was carrying my daughter. Oh, you're so light. It's like, I bet you can carry me. So I jumped in the water, and, and she was carrying me like, with one arm. Dad, I'm carrying you with one arm. <laughs> one arm. And she's smiling and said, you're so strong. You're so amazing. And you can see the face just light up. This is what the women need. So dads, if you have daughters, it's easy to say when, when they're young, but they need to hear it throughout their whole life because you're dad. And it's important. When you press this app, it brings in life-giving oxygen to people around you. Do you know where we get this right in society? We're super encouraging. There's one place we always do it. Matter of fact, no matter, no matter what the person is, we do it at funerals. It's so encouraging to be at a funeral. This man, this person, they say loving, encouraging things but they're dead. That's when we get it right. Shouldn't we do it while they're living? That's when we get it right as a society. We do it at the funerals. Isn't that sad? But that's the world we live in. Don't, you know, it's a quote by John, uh, John Woodall. It says, don't wait to give people roses. Encourage and bless them now with words of life and encouragement. Now, if you're, a, if you're a work leader, the question is, for the bosses, two questions I, I think you should ask your, your people that will work for you or you're around. Is how are you doing? And what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Because you need to know your business. And how are you doing? Because would you rather be a feared leader or a followed leader. Because people that tend to criticize them when they're leaders, they tend not to have followers who really are following. It's very difficult sometimes. When you think about your marriage and your parents, you know, one thing I love about Karen is that she texts me these cool emojis with the smiley face and the two hearts coming out of the eyes. You know, when she first started doing that, I was like, I don't even know what that is. And she does these little emojis. I love you. I love you. It's so, so cool. Little, little horn. I was like, oh, wow. After a while, I'm going, keep doing this. This is encouraging. I like that. 
I like it. You know, students, one of the greatest gifts you can give your parents is to encourage and recognize what they do. So if you're a student here, that's, a great, that's a, such an encouraging thing to hear from your kids, the things that, 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 that would encourage them that you recognize that. I know, it's, I know for teenagers, it's hard to see your parents as real people, but they actually are. They're like real people. They have feelings. And your circle of life, people that see you when you're out and about, that's so important. So pay attention to the community. Pay attention to single parents. Pay attention to widows. Some key things you can, you can find out, just understanding what others are going through. Because sometimes we're so beat up and bruised, we can't even look outside. That's why it's important for us to make sure that we're encouraging each other daily. It sounds simple enough, so why doesn't this happen more often? Why are the ratios like this? Why is it when, when people have conversations with you, the ratios are six to one in criticism, to encouragement? And some of us, we're going to have to be intentional about this because it doesn't come naturally as you might think it would. Many people don't feel good about themselves enough to let you feel good about yourself. Let me repeat that. Many people don't feel good enough about themselves to let you feel good about yourself. This explains why the ratio looks like this at many workplaces. This is why many of us didn't grow up in very encouraging homes. This explains why the conversations in marriages look like this. So what are we to do about this? What about me? Who's going to bring, breathe oxygen into my world? That's a great question that we as a church need to look at and examine. Because if you're the one keeping on giving and you're not getting breathed into, that's discouraging, right? I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, but I'm not getting anything. That's discouraging. This is why what Solomon said in that proverb is so essential. To those who are refreshed, they will be refreshed. Yes. In essence, Solomon challenges us to stop the cycle of ratios in our conversation. Sure. You might have grown up in a discouraging home. Sure. You might not know how to encourage or recognize. Sure. But we all can be intentional about it. We all can write ourselves a little note. I'm going to encourage someone today and do it. But here's what's fascinating. As you breathe encouragement and replenish others in their circles... Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, made this observation. That, that really is the bottom line. Replenish others and you will be replenished. Someone will replenish you. Are you, kind of, are you the kind of person that you just can't take a compliment? I was that way for a while. Like, I don't see anything nice. I can't. Okay, yeah, 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 back here. Or I, somebody give me a comment and then I put myself down even more. Because my home was not encouraging when I grew up. But I've really grown and changed that. Now I'm like, thank you. I'm a, whenever I say thank you, I get like fired up. Sometimes I'm going to comment it make me feel embarrassed and prideful. But now I'm like, keep saying it. I'm a, I'm, I was the kind of kid and man 
that I didn't hear encouragement. You know what? I, I didn't hear encouragement. So you know what I do? I encourage myself, but I say it loud and in front of people. And it's kind of it's kind of annoying my kids. Like I was like, "Wow, I did a great job today." And my, my daughter's like, "Don't lift yourself up." <laughs> I was that kind of kid. I didn't receive it, so I gave it to myself. I replenished myself. <laughs> Why is this so important? This life app of encouragement is not only for the people around you, but it's, it's to you as well. When the ratios are six to one of criticism and encouragement, what world are we really creating? What kind of generation are we raising? What kind of culture in our church are we creating? What kind of marriages are we modeling? It doesn't have to be that way. Jesus says to live in the world, right? But you know, don't be but don't be of the world. In other words, you're going to exist in a world, but you don't have to be like them. We can change the world just by being encouraging. I hope the guy that I called on AT&T was encouraged that I, I I gave him the benefit of the doubt. There's a good explanation for this bill that I have that I didn't understand and he was encouraged I'm glad it encouraged him replenishing others and you will be replenished in conclusion I want to say this I want to give you a homework assignment if I may don't criticize this please I want you to, to go back to last week and and look at your ratios to criticism to encouragement. Look, look at them. Look at them honest, okay? You don't have to ask anybody. You just think about things you might have said in conversation, okay? <clears throat> this is the homework. Improve the ratios of your conversations. See them as opportunities to replenish others. Why do that? Because it's simple to turn that around. You know, the Apostle Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, to the church, through all its challenges, through all, if you read this, the, the Corinthian letters, they were a mess. And he writes this, You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone, but on tablets of the human hearts. What if you began to see yourself as a letter of Christ? to the people in your circles. What if you started to look that way? And that's your homework assignment. That you are the letter. You are the encouragement. You are the blessing for them that God has bestowed on them. You're it. And then I want you to look at each other in the room. Just, just look at each other. Just look to your left. Look to your right. It's okay. It's not the Catholic Church here. Look to your left right. <laughs> now, that person who you saw... Before you leave the grounds, I want you to say something encouraging to them. And be specific. Try to avoid the, you're awesome. That's way too general. Say, I want to encourage you because I've noticed this about you. That's important. That's specific. And the more specific, the more encouraging it is. The more general, the less encouraging it is. The truth is, 
when we apply the forgiveness app, the confession app, the trust app, and the encouragement app, we show ourselves to be representatives of Jesus to our, to our church and to the world. And this is how we're going to change the world. You want to know why churches sometimes look on TV and they're so filled with people? You're going, yeah, but they teach the wrong doctrine. You know why they're so filled up? Well, you know what I believe? They're super encouraging. I mean, imagine just hearing encouraging lessons. People run into your doors. Right? Imagine if I got up here and gave you six criticisms and one encouragement. Like, I think I'm going to go worship in Santa Barbara today. Oh, oh I'm going to go to the valley. It's awesome. To hear that every single week. Is there time? Is there time for, you know, so for some good, you know, criticism to, to help us grow? Yes. But it shouldn't outweigh the encouragement. Is there a time to correct your children? Yes. But how are your ratios? Is it time to challenge your wife? Yes. But are the ratios there? Sometimes it's timing. Let me fill up my encouragement ratio before I point that out. <laughs> Let me make it seven encouragements and one criticism. That's that, I can hear that. I can hear that. So, this is an app that's on the tablet of your heart. Use it. That concludes our service. Have a great, great afternoon. Thanks so much.